Hi, my name is Mike Mitchell, and I'm the Arts Director for Mount Pleasant Schools. I'm Kate Finn, the STEM Director for Mount Pleasant Schools. Welcome to Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, where we believe the, the arts are, are the heat that, that turns turn STEM, STEM into STEAM. So today we have a special guest with us. Um, like many of you, we are all practicing our social distancing and um, doing what we can working from home during this stay at home or safer at home um, shelter in place order that we all are under it seems um, we have uh, an author of everyday stem superheroes or everyday superheroes a children's book that explores um, different careers in stem for women um, using women as the main characters. So Erin, I'm going to let you introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about your book. Great. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast today. My name is Erin Twomley, and I'm an educator and a nonfiction children's book writer. I write primarily on this topic of science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. And one of my goals as an educator and a parent is to ensure that kids can see themselves in a STEM future. So most of the kids nowadays know the advantages of technology technology right in the everyday world from television to video games to computers and the internet but what they don't know are all the people who are behind some of those creations and so a lot of what I write about focuses on who are stem superheroes like you mentioned people that work in science technology arts and mathematics so Erin, um, where are you located right now? Because I think, again, this kind of feeds into the STEAM and the amazing use of technology to be able to connect us um, together. Yes, yeah, so actually my co-author Joshua Snyderman lives in Tennessee, so I reached out to the Tennessee podcast um, because I'm actually located in Germany, and most of my work that I do is with um, U.S. military kids over in the European Union, so we can use technology to be connected all over the world. So one of the things we like to ask people who come on our podcast is and this kind of kicks it off, but what is STEAM education? So, you know, we all know what the acronym stands for, but what is it? So I think one of the biggest challenges that we have as educators is we teach everyone this acronym and we use this acronym of subjects over and over, but actually STEAM is actually about skills or what I call superpowers in the book. And those superpowers are what actually enable us to um, discover new things, create inventions, and use technology. Things like observation, imagination, problem solving, communication, and collaboration. So really, STEAM is an approach to everyday life and everyday problems that we want to solve using these different skills. So it's less about the subjects. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that we have out there. And it's more about our approach to doing things like problem solving. So let's talk about your book a little bit because it's really, in fact, I know Josh, your co-author very well. Um, and 
as soon as I brought um, this book to our principal at the elementary school in Mount Pleasant, she bought two of them to have in her library without question. Um, so one is your book is about career exploration. So why a children's book about that? Why is it important for kids in elementary school or young children to start that idea of looking at different careers? So I think one of the challenges we have with the STEAM movement is that we've focused a lot of time, energy on not only programs, but funding for middle school students to high school students. And we've forgotten about the most important young STEM superheroes, the came for fifth graders. And often I hear um, from people that, well, kids don't can't know this vocabulary, right? Saying animator, robotics engineer, or zoologist is challenging. Um, and Josh and I really disagree with that. The heart of this book is that kids need to know the names of these awesome STEAM careers in order to imagine them and imagine themselves in these careers. So we need to teach them at a young age what these careers are, what they can do um, to, in these careers, and how these careers impact our world. And we need to get it specific so that instead of kids saying, I want to be an actress or a singer or a doctor, we want them to be able to say, I want to be an animator. I want to be a robotics engineer. I want to be a zoologist and equipping them with that vocabulary. And as an educator and an author, we've written multiple books together, Josh and I. This is actually our third book, um, and our another book recently just came out. So as writers, we understand the importance of pictures and the words. So we created this book that features 26 diverse women in STEAM careers, and all of these women are currently working in STEAM, except for two of them, because we wanted kids to meet real people, and we wanted them to know the real uh, language around those careers. So we not only give you a real person, but we also describe in depth what that person does. So one of the common misconceptions is, what's the difference between a scientist and an engineer, right? And if we don't equip young kids with such knowledge, how can they decide that they want to be an animator or be an engineer if they're not understanding it? So a book is a really great gateway for that K through fifth grade population to be able to access STEAM. And they can do it with a parent a teacher, a librarian, and they can do it in the context of reading. So I wanna hit on something that you had said just now and that's really unique about your book is that it's 26 diverse women. And what I didn't realize until you just said it is that these are actually real women who are out there in the world today working in these fields. So why all women? Um, and talk a little bit about the choice to, you know, make sure that it was diverse because these are two very hot topics with STEM and STEAM. Yeah, so we, since we write nonfiction, we spend hours and hours and hours doing research. And the thing that we kept seeing over and over was that there are these super awesome lists of women in STEM or STEAM, but they were the same women. 
And they were the same women over and over and over and over again. Now, not to say that women shouldn't be celebrated and that their contributions aren't worthy. But the challenge was we knew that there had to be different women besides Marie Curie and Katherine Johnson that were doing this STEAM work, right? Um, so we wanted to figure out, well, who are these women? Where do they work? And we wanted them to be relevant. So one of the challenges with kids is they think often, 70% of kids actually, that men are scientists and that they have crazy Albert Einstein hair and that they work in a laboratory. So we needed to make these examples of 26 diverse women relevant. We wanted a kid to be able to Google their name and find out more about that person. And most of these women have a Twitter profile. Most of them have Instagram. They're actually out there sharing their career and what they do. And we're, our hope with that is that these kids can see that people are making an impact and that it's everyday people, people that might be mothers, brothers, aunts, uncles, friends that are making this impact. Now you also asked, why did we pick women? And I think um, I alluded it to, to it with the drawings that kids like to draw, but we also see that in STEM career fields, women are underrepresented. And so they're not taking engineering positions or they're not staying in engineering positions as long as men. So we thought it was important to highlight that women can do these jobs, they are doing these jobs, and here's where they're working. Now by diversity, I think this is often a hot topic and in the US, we tend to think about it in terms of racial um, and ethnic diversity, but we really went beyond that. So we wanted to look at ability, we wanted to look at education and career path. We wanted to look at where they got their degree. Some of these women got their degree outside of the US. Some of them work outside of the US um, because we wanted to kind of showcase that it's not just one type of person who can be a STEM superhero, that anybody can be a STEM superhero, which is why we wanted to focus um, as well on 26. It's 26 because we have careers A to Z, from an animator to a zoologist, to kind of represent the depth and the scope of the variety of STEAM careers that kids could have. So, one of the things that, I, you know, I think that this is great and, you know, I've seen the book and I've gone through the book, but not really understanding the global connection that this book makes. Because I think, especially today, and I think with, in light of what's going on with the COVID-19, um, is understanding like how connected globally we are. This isn't just, you know, this hasn't just been a problem that happened in China or that's happening in Italy. This is actually a problem that's happening worldwide. And so I think that's one of the neat things about your book is that it does bring that global, kind of shows that global connection um, that no matter where you are, you're still, there's a way to connect to someone else on the other side of the world. Um, so let me ask you a little bit about your background. Um, so you had said to me that you used to teach. What did you teach? And what got you interested in the writing side of this or becoming an author? So um, Jonathan and I actually were 
um, colleagues at Department of Energy, and we were working on an energy literacy initiative focused on how do we get teachers and students thinking about energy and not just oil, gas, and um, but renewable energy in particular. So we were um, using an energy literacy framework um, and activities to train teachers on how a wind turbine works, um, battery storage, solar, etc. And during that time, actually, we met a publisher and we wrote our first book together on climate change. It was called Climate Change Discover How It Impacts Spaceship Earth. And we kind of just started writing on the side, um, something fun that we thought that we could do. And in a different approach to reach kids, since we had primarily been working with teachers, we kept thinking, well, how do we get to the kids, right? Can we go bottom up instead of top down approach, um, in particular for teaching about energy and climate change? Um, and um, my teaching, I started actually teaching um, GED classes um, primarily, and then I taught English in Korea and focused on science. And I've kind of continued on that education pathways, getting my master's in education, but knowing that I didn't want my own classroom that I wanted to take this um, kind of analytical thinking that I have, I have a really research-oriented brain, and I wanted to translate that into something that kids could consume and read with family members. And I think one of the biggest things that as I reflect on being a writer now for the past five years, is that I often hear the same thing from teachers and parents, and this is also in numerous studies as well, is that there's this apprehension or nervousness because people think, well, I'm not a math whiz, or I'm not a scientist. I don't know, you know, the species, and I don't know the real dinosaur names. And so we kind of breed that anxiety with kids. Um, as it relates to steam sometimes. And we tend to overfocus on things like edible science or Legos and engineering activities. But really there's so much more that we could engage kids and families with. And so I think books become an opportunity to engage the whole family. It becomes a way for both parents and kids to learn about the awesome things happening in our world together. And it becomes an opportunity for parents to say, I don't know all the answers, and that's okay. And that's part of the STEAM movement, is that we're all learning and growing and venting together. So one of the things I wanna ask you, and it might put you on the spot, but that's okay. Um, you know, for teachers, there's so many demands on them right now. And a lot of times when you bring these concepts to them, they almost freak out thinking, oh, it's just one more thing I have to do. So if you could give a quick example of how a teacher could take your book, use it in the classroom, and just one brainstorm idea of an activity that could come from that. Mm -hmm. So one activity that I often do is I say teachers do a read aloud, pick one person that you might be studying in this career. So let's say it's an animator. So in the book, there's an animator. Her name is Sonia Carey. She created the Disney princess Tiana. 
kids love that from kindergartners to fifth graders, right? Because it's something that they know, they've seen the movie, The Princess and the Frog, um, and they want, they don't understand that it's not Disney who created that animation, right? There's an actually a person who invented that character and what she looks like and her voice and all of those pieces. Um, so share something via a read aloud, I think is a really simple way to engage kids. And then an activity that I do that will be available on my website for um, download is have kids create themselves as a STEM superhero. So after they've looked through this book or you've shared different careers with them, have them draw themselves as that STEM superhero, as an animator. Have them think about what do they wear as an animator? What kind of tools or equipment would they need? What kind of people might they work with? Um, what kind of actions might they have to take or problems to solve? And so I have kind of a quick almost comic book-like um, activity because kids love to draw, right? And so that they can kind of create themselves um, as a STEM superhero. And then the people in the book are used as an inspiration. So wait, you mentioned your website. Can you go ahead and say what that website is? Sure, if you go to www.erinedu.org, then um, you'll find information on all the nonfiction books that are available and resources, including um, different activities. And I think in this um, COVID era, we're finding lots of activities, right? We're being inundated, I would almost say, with activities. And I think that it's important for us, especially in the STEAM movement, to just go back to the basics in some ways. And the basic is this. Kids learn through free play, right? And we know that free play, in particular up to age eight, is one of the critical ways in which kids learn how to problem solve, right? They learn how to communicate with somebody who might want to take a toy from them or somebody that they want to share a toy with. They learn how to collaborate. They might build something together, right? And the second piece is reading that we know that at any age, independent reading or doing read alouds or reading as a family is one of the greatest things you can do to help a kid's vocabulary, understanding of their world, and even grow their imagination. So I would say that if you're a teacher or you're a parent and you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the things you could be doing, I would say just go back to the basic. Let your kids play and read with your kids. So where could our parents and our teachers, um, if they don't have the book at their li school library, where can they get your book? Yeah, so Everyday Superheroes, Women in STEM Careers, you can always find on Amazon. If you're looking to support um, a small business, you can go to itascabooks.com, and you can also order the book um, there. We have hardcover versions. We have paperback versions, and there is also an audio book, which is pretty fun, that shares just the profiles of the women and an ebook version. So if you are looking to stay online, um, you can view the book online as well. So do you have, kind of to wrap this up, because um, now we know more about you, more about your book, um, how to use it in the classroom. 
what you feel STEAM education is. Any last thoughts um, that you want to um, kind of share with us about this whole STEAM journey and the importance of it or just any thoughts in general? I think one of the most important that we have to remember as educators and as parents is that we have a lot of power to shape the narrative about STEAM. And we have a lot of power to share living scientists with kids. We have a lot of opportunity to share diverse scientists with kids, diverse technologists, engineers, mathematicians. And sometimes it's just as simple as being really conscious about what types of posters we hang in our classroom, what types of books we have in our classroom library, what type of questions we ask kids to research and who we ask kids to do research on. So I think sometimes we um, underestimate our ability to really shape and change the STEAM narrative and make it more diverse and make it more inclusive. And I think there's small decisions that we can do in order to help kids believe that they can be a STEM superhero and get the confidence to say that they can be a STEM superhero. So if anyone has any questions or they wanna reach out to you, what, um, how can they find you? So I think the easiest way is if you visit my website at erinedu.org, you'll find that I have a Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, and an email address. So you can reach out to us in all those variety of ways. And we're happy to answer questions. We've collaborated with Girl Scout troops, with scouts. We've collaborated with schools and even just parents who are interested in books for their kids. So happy to collaborate and help encourage and create the next generation of STEM superheroes. Thank you, Aaron, for joining us all the way from Germany. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of Tennis Steam, where we believe that art is the heat that turns STEM into steam.